Hey, all you Samaritan devils. Welcome back. Welcome back. Might be a surprise for some of you, but today we're reading through the book of Galatians, chapters 1, 2, and 3. What? Yep. Surprise. Wow. Hmm. Hey, we want to say we're very proud of all of you listening. Yes. Doing a great job. Oh, yeah. Forgot to announce it yesterday. I know. December 30th. I can't believe you forgot that. I know. Oh, geez. December 30th. What is it? It's the Chip and Eric Read Through the Bible After oh, Party. Is that official? Yes. It is. It is. Okay. December 30th. December 30th. We don't know what time. Get off our backs. The after party. We'll find out. Can we have snacks? It's going to be snacks. There's oh. going to be some games, some Bible trivia. Wow. We're going to do... Uh, do what? We're going to do cool things and fun and, and have fun. But what? we're going to uh, launch... We're gonna recap this year and like celebrate finishing this year. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully by December thirtieth, you'll be you will be all in on finishing the year. <laughs> I hope so. That'd be <laughs> and great. then we're gonna try to. So this is not just for people who have finished. Yeah. This is for people who want to start. Oh, so good. So invite somebody who is not currently yeah. doing this, or just bring them anyway. Whatever. Yeah, just bring <laughs> they don't want to come. Yeah. So we got this cool party. These yeah. two cool guys, two semi ordinary, mostly bald pastors. Yeah, that, and, and the Bible's been open like crazy. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? So I didn't announce that either. Is no. that what you wanted yeah, me to announce? Yeah, that's lead in there. Yesterday. Isn't that amazing? Yesterday, <laughs> uh, on the calendar, not on the yeah. reading, whatever. No. Yesterday, November 17th, happy birthday to my mom. Happy birthday. We crossed 20,000 listens, which means two zero 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 times the Bible has been opened this year. Yeah, or two zero k yeah. K's not a number. I know. But it's fun. <laughs> it is. So two zero K times people have yeah. opened the Bible. Should we do a shout out to Eric Buller? Yeah. Okay. Big shout out to Eric He Buller. listens to us all the time, but he has a great time doing it. Yeah, I guess so. He's That's laughing amazing. away at work. He's laughing right now. He probably is. If he's working. Hey, stop laughing. If he's working. Yeah, oh. get back to work, yeah. Eric Buller. He never works. Or go hang out he with just your watches family. Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Eric Buller's boss oh, isn't standing right yeah, next to him either. right now. If, but he, if is, he is, I hope he reads the Bible. Yeah, read the Bible with your with your subordinate, Eric uh, Buller. Oh, all right. That's fun. Yeah. Wow. This is Galatians chapter 1. Greetings from Paul. This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. There is only one good news. I'm shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us or even an angel from heaven, who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. I say again what we have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you you welcomed, if anyone preaches any other good news than yeah. the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. 
Yeah, that's a pretty strong word there, too. Yeah. In the original. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Paul's message comes from Christ. Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source, and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. Yes, yeah, so he's being challenged here, right, by people yes. so saying, I get yeah. it from God. You know that what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews and my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. Instead, I went away into Arabia and later I returned to the city of Damascus. Then, three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know people. Peter. Hey, Peter. And I stayed with him for 15 days. The only other apostle I met at that time was James, the Lord's brother. I declare before God that what I am writing to you is not a lie. After that, I, uh, that visit, I went north into the provinces of Syria and Cilicia. And still the churches in Christ uh, there in Judea didn't know me personally. All they knew was people were saying, uh, the one who used to persecute us is now preaching a very faith he tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. The apostles accept Paul. Then 14 years later, I, 14 years, wow. Yeah. 14 years later, I went back to Jerusalem again, this time with Barnabas. And Titus came along too. I went there because God revealed to me that I should go. While I was there, I met privately with those considered to be leaders of the church and shared with them the message I had been preaching to the Gentiles. I wanted to make sure that we were in agreement for fear that all my efforts had been wasted and I was running the race for nothing. And they supported me and did not even demand that my companion Titus be circumcised, though he was a Gentile. Even that question came up only because of some so-called believers there, false ones really, who were secretly brought in. They sneaked in to spy on us and take away the freedom we have in Christ Jesus. They wanted to enslave us and force us to follow their Jewish regulations, but... We refused to give in to them for a single moment. We wanted to preserve the truth of the gospel message for you. And the leaders of the church had nothing to add to what I was preaching. By the way, their reputation as great leaders made no difference to me, for God has no favorites. Instead, they saw that God had given me the responsibility of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as he had given Peter the responsibility of preaching to the Jews. For the same God who worked through Peter as an apostle to the Jews also worked through me as an apostle to the Gentiles. In fact, James... Peter and John, who were known as pillars of the church, recognized a gift God had given me, and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. Their only suggestion was that we keep on helping the poor, which I have always been eager to do. Paul confronts Peter. But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face, for what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from the people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. Even Barnabas. Wow. Oh, Barney. Yeah. Oh, when I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles. Yet we know that a person is made right 
with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our own faith in Christ, not because we've obeyed the law. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. But suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ and then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. Would that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. Rather, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of law I already tore down. For when I try to keep the law, it condemned me, so I died to the law. I stopped trying to keep all of its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me, gave himself for me. I did not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. The Law and Faith in Christ, Galatians chapter 3. O oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed God and can't... And believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scriptures look forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scriptures say, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written in God's book of the law. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say, It is through faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on a cross, he took himself up the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed us Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham, so that when we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Well. The law and God's promise. Dear brothers and sisters, here's an example from everyday life. Getting practical. Oh, yeah. Getting practical. Thank you. Just as no one can set aside or amend an irrevocable agreement, it is so in this case. God gave the promises to Abraham and his child. And notice that the scripture doesn't say to his children, mm -hmm. as if it meant many descendants. Rather, it says to his child. And that, of course, means Christ. This is what I'm trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. God would be breaking his promise, for if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it would not be the result of accepting God's promise. But God graciously gave it to Abraham as a promise. Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was a mediator between God and the people. Now, a mediator is helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement. But God, who was one, did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. 
Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right by made right with God by obeying it. But the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. God believes, or God's children through faith. Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under the guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that and now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs and heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Wow. Awesome. Crystal clear. Yeah. Yep. Man. Well, so what, Chip? Mm-hmm. We need to be crystal clear when it comes to sharing our faith. It's faith in Jesus Christ alone plus nothing else. Mm-hmm. No works. Not a result uh, or works of the law. I just was on the phone with someone today who was talking about, you know, her um, uh, relative you know, passed away, and it was talking about all the um, uh, works. So for sure, they're in heaven because of all these um, mm. uh, all these works. And it was just uh, heartbreaking to hear that. Yeah. You know, because you know, I I don't know the the whole story, and God only knows someone's heart and and the story of someone's life. But if if you happen to believe that you're going to go to heaven and spend eternity with God based on what you do and all your volunteer hours and your 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 loving kindness and you had a hard job and mm-hmm. you, you served the least of these and those are great things that's amazing you know but you know our salvation this is so clear is not based on any work of the law or any nope. good work that we could ever do nope. Otherwise, even though they're good to do There'd be no reason for Jesus to die. Yeah, Yeah. you know, and it would be just crazy that he died, but he died for us, and it said that over and over in here, Mm -hmm. I believe. Mm -hmm. You know, and so Paul was addressing people that were just kind of throwing in some some works and good deeds, and and, and some of these believers, right? Yeah. Were going back to that. Yeah. They They grew up with that. They were going back to that, and we could easily do that as well, kind of get locked in, to that works-based thinking for salvation. And I think the danger with that, I, be, I know the danger with that is, is then we are disillusioned and we think it's all about us and we become our own God and our own idol then right. and not God. And so that's why I, I really think the Bible promotes grace-based thinking and living. We understand the grace of God through Jesus. It, it can really change everything and it changes how we live and how we think. And so I think you can, and that's, that's what I desire is I've, I've lived based on the law and trying to keep the law and almost just gave up on the whole thing. When someone began to unpack scripture in a way that I saw God's grace and his work has been done. And now I have, you know, an opportunity to say thank you as a believer in Jesus for what he's done for me. And that is just awesome. It changes everything. And so that I love Galatians, you know, it's, he's really clear. He doesn't, 
pulling any punches, doesn't hold back, and it's pretty evident. Yeah, it's awesome. He's obvious. You can read it. He's obviously very passionate about this. Okay, so where's Jesus? Jesus is in. What do you think I'm going to say? What do you think I'm going to say? He's in the Old Testament. There he is. There he is. I mean, Paul calls back to the Old Testament in a huge way. Now, less like the, hey, this is the foundation of our faith, right? He's, he's communicating that the cross of Christ is the foundation of their faith, but our faith. But he's, he's justifying it with the Old Testament. He says basically, especially the, the expression of that faith, he's saying basically you're trying to live by a covenant, the covenant of Moses, the law. Yeah. You're trying to live by this legal covenant and... Uh, living by that legal covenant doesn't make any sense because that covenant ended. Meanwhile, you're not living by an eternal covenant, the covenant that was made with Abraham, yeah. the covenant that says that through Abraham, all the world would be blessed, mm-hmm. right? Back in, I think he quotes Genesis 12, Genesis 15. Uh, he, he goes all the way back to those texts. And uh, he says, you know, you're, you're trying to live by this thing that was so temporary, Mm-hmm. The law was just temporary. It came alongside the promise to Abraham only to show the guilt, the sin that existed there and to give a reason for all of us to be an awareness of the reason of Christ dying. So Jesus is there again in these promises and he's also in the law as the law was promised, but Christ is the fulfillment of the law. And so he doesn't go, he's not opposed to the law. No. He fulfills the law. Yeah. So that we don't have to live by the law. Right. So, yeah. So big, big difference there. Big difference there. So where's Jesus in this? I got to say, if I had to pick one thing, it would be the Abrahamic covenant. This idea that through Abraham's child, all the world would be blessed. And that child, of course, is Jesus. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. There you go, guys. Yeah. And even, um, even Paul had to, you know fight for this yeah preserve he said we had to preserve the truth of the gospel message for you Mm -hmm. and i feel like you know as pastors we got to do that today as well Mm -hmm. you know and it's it's been continuing and it will absolutely that's so true so true well super proud of you guys yeah so proud of you guys especially eric's boss who listened to this that was so nice yeah my boss is actually reading it with me no not your boss That's true. I am reading with you. <laughs> Eric Buller's boss. Yes. Yes. Proud of you, Eric Buller's boss. Way to go. So awesome. All right. So amazing. Day 328 is done. Oh, it's in the books. So book. you guys know what tomorrow is. Can't wait. Bye. Yep. You know, I've been stopping it like really suddenly lately. Yeah. And like. Um, People notice it? Well, kind of be. Oh, I don't know. Maybe they are. But we'll be like right in the middle of a thought and I'll hit the button. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah. I like noticed instead that. of like, hey, bye, have yeah, a good, yeah, whatever. It's, yeah, like, it's like we just keep talking. And <laughs> we just then, keep talking. And then, 